Hello, Tiger Nation. I am Byron Hulsey, headmaster at Woodbury Forest School, and I would like to welcome you to the Woodbury podcast series. This podcast consists of informal yet substantive conversations with alumni, faculty, staff, and students. The conversations explore how Woodbury's core values empowered alumni to build a solid foundation for their lives, how those core values are taught today by Woodbury teachers, and how those values are put into practice by today's students. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Woodbury Podcast. Today, we're fortunate to be joined by terrific Woodbury alumnus, Stuart Verdery, who graduated from Woodbury one year before I did in 1985. He's been associated with Woodbury for a long, long time, first as a student, uh, maybe even a sports camper, and then as a student, definitely committed as an alumnus, serving on our board of trustees for six years and just being a a stellar alumnus ambassador for for the the Tiger Nation knows a number of our current families. Really happy, Stuart, that you would join the podcast. So welcome. Glad to be here. It's a very exciting chance to go down memory lane a little bit. And then I just got back from the game this Saturday, which was an awesome spectacle and a good win and a great chance to catch up with a lot of old friends and teachers. So it's, it's nice to have this right on the heels of that game. Yeah, good. Well, it was an exciting weekend and a, a good day for the Tigers, but but really a good day for the rivalry. I was really impressed with the with the game as a whole. Both teams were, were terrific. Stuart, let's just start with your your first associations with Woodbury. Just walk us through your your connection with the school and what it was like to be Stuart getting to know Woodbury. Sure. Well, I grew up outside of Richmond, and my mother was a teacher at St. Chris. And so I ended up going to St. Chris through my lower school days and then, you know, love sports and everything about sports and ended up going to Woodbury Sports Camp in the 79 and 80 years, the Bart Fahrenholt era. I remember him. Yeah. And it was a great, uh, so much fun. And that was before high school. And then got to high school at St. Chris and just really wanted to change, wanted to be a little more independent and was able to convince my parents to let me go away. And people always used to say, like, they sent you away. I said, no, no, it was my choice. And so I went away for, for fourth form year and lived in B-Dorm. Well, let's go back to sports camp. Was, was I assume that was a great experience with the Karens running the camp. What was that like? Do you have any memories of it? Oh, it was so much fun. And, you know, again, there's uh, we weren't a multi-generation Woodbury family, and there were a lot of yeah. kids that were. But just to be a chance to play sports all day, whether it was flag football, soccer, golf, tennis, it was just a blast to kind of get away and do all those things. And yeah, my main sports were baseball and then later soccer, but to have a chance to do everything pretty much was just so much yeah. fun. I grew up on a farm outside of Richmond. We built our own baseball field, and it was just a fun just to do that all day. And my brother ended up going as, as well to sports camp, so it was, it was a blast. Chris is your younger brother. He, my middle brother, who was class of 88, and he was a good Tiger, played also baseball and football, yeah. and uh, he now lives down in Augusta, Georgia. So sports camp was a positive experience, and I was a, a long time ago a sports camp counselor. I remember that as well. It's just this great opportunities to enjoy the campus uh, outside of the flow of the school year. Chance to be up with Rhett, the Karens. It's just, I mean, how can, yeah. you, how can you beat that? They were just such an no. amazing couple and just this kind of larger than life, like early from uh, City Slickers, you know, just this guy that had the wisdom just coming. You couldn't avoid it. So it was great. An iconic couple here at the, in the Tiger Nation. 
Brett and Kathy Karn. Again, you, you came as a fourth former. What was your initial time at Woodbury like? How what, what, what was it like being a new boy at Woodbury for you? It was good. I was up on B dorm or Lunsford King was senior yeah. prefect and lived yeah. on our dorm. Had a great time. Um, really enjoyed the classes. I remember Bob Smethurst was my European history teacher, and I didn't do that well in that class. And but I remember thinking, wow, this is really challenging. And but it, I enjoyed the class. I think I got like a C. But tough grader. Tough grader and a great guy. But it really um, kind of sparked a lot lifelong interest in history in me. And I ended up being a history major in college. We'll get to that later. But loved, loved that. And then lived on Dowd junior year. And then senior year was back in, on C and B6, which is no longer yeah. student housing with uh, Battle Coons and Frank Mead and had a great time running B-Dorm. It was just a lot of fun. Played baseball, as you know, and, and yeah. played soccer and then J-O football. Let's see, I was on the Oracle. And I even had time to have a couple student jobs. I managed the pool room. And then I also delivered the Washington Post and then the USA Today. And somehow got the school, the school let me charge that back to parents. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I used to charge, I got them for 15 cents and sold them for 50. It was a pretty good deal. And this was like pre-internet when that was like basically the only sports news you could get. And people would love their USA Today back in the mid 80s. That was timely information. I remember in the in, back, back in the day. How did you get those jobs? Do you know? I think they got passed down from one person to another. Um, yeah. that, well, you, the post somebody else had had, I don't remember who it was, the USA Today was new. I mean, they were literally, yep. I think I reached out to the local distributor and created it from scratch. It was my first business. And that, that, that was something I came up with. Yeah, we've got some kids now. You'll be happy to know who, who are working jobs in the student store, in the fir tree. It's a positive experience for a number of kids at Woodbury. So that's, that's good stuff. And I'll just mention, I was, I know um, the school, congratulations on your, um, the capital campaign yeah. wrapping up. I saw the announcement. It's an amazing accomplishment. And, you know, the ability to enhance financial aid. I was on aid through my time at Woodbury. I was on the Fraser Scholarship, the Fraser family from, from uh, Richmond. So those jobs were meant to kind of fill the boat, so to speak. But it's a great achievement for the school. And I think it, it's really meaningful. And one of the reasons I was happy to, to participate in a small way with the campaign. Well, that's awesome. And I thank you for, for doing so. We're, we're, Happy with uh, the progress we've we've made and another reminder of how well Laud Woodbury is by so many people. So thank you. And we definitely share in, in your excitement there. Tell me about a, a couple of other teachers who you might have really enjoyed at Woodbury, maybe teachers, coaches, adults who shaped your time here. Well, I was lucky to both have uh, Nat Job and Chico O'Hara, Richard O'Hara, both as teachers and baseball coaches. So those are both just really influential people. You know, again, the history and the Spanish. I just love both of those. I did well in them. Nat Job was just, I mean, I'm not so sure he was the greatest baseball strategist, but he was yeah. a great man and just a real leader and just a lot of fun to play with. And we actually won a prep league title, which is Woodbury's. The baseball is not the strongest sport at Woodbury, but we won the 84 title. Which is great. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. 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 I remember Chris Lindsay, former future pitcher, yeah. pitch a no hitter against St. Chris. So it was a great sports moment. And of course, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention John Reimers, who I had for English and also as a soccer coach. And just what a institution. Maybe my low point at Woodbury is when we decided it was a good idea to fill up his entire classroom full of balled up newspapers. Oh, wow. Frank and got caught. Um, so by, I him? by whoever was on on dorm duty. So I ended up scrubbing a lot of garbage cans for a couple weekends, and I think it was still worth it, probably. But that was that was not great. Yeah, I can imagine not. I, uh, interesting that you uh, chose him to pick on. <laughs> it seemed like a revenge move, but I'm not sure it worked. And I also might mention there was a you know great Williams College connection. There were several Williams grads who taught at Woodbury. Um, Charlie, or I'm sorry, John Stillwell. Yeah. Tom Parker. So I ended up 
applying to Williams and somehow getting into Williams. And that's where I ended up going. We actually had three Woodbury kids out of my class at Williams, which is an amazing. That's number a lot. Yeah. Class. And then headed up north for college and had a great experience up there up in the north. What was your major in college? Uh, history and poli sci, double major. So I was up there, did that and spent a year in Oxford. Williams had created a program. So I spent my junior year all, all the whole year over at Exeter College studying history and um, played baseball for Williams. And a, Oh, you did? I didn't know that. They didn't retire my number. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. I had to play on the team a couple of years before I went to England. My coach said that I was, quote, the best batting practice pitcher he'd ever seen, which <laughs> I don't think is a compliment. <laughs> they may have been true. It's notable. It's notable. notable. Exactly. Everybody makes a contribution. That's good. But then I, the interesting, I studied, you know, really Cold War politics in both the poli sci and history. And then the Cold War ended about 10 minutes after I graduated. And so that was an interesting kind of a, a turn of events. But I loved Williams and it's a very a Woodbury-like experience, very small, very close-knit, insanely loyal alums. So it was a very good experience to be up north. Do you stay attached there as well? Uh, very much so. I'm on our class president and oh, cool. um, I'm up there quite a bit. It helps. They've got a world-class golf course that's open yeah. part of the year, but now I get up there as much as I can and it's a really cool place. I know you went to UVA law school. Did you go right out of college to UVA? No, I worked one year as a, as a think tank in DC. It was kind of a way station. It wasn't meant to be permanent. My father said he would pay for any law school I wanted to go to the United States as long as it was UVA. And um, <laughs> so I applied to UVA and got in yeah. and uh, and Virginia is a great law school and learned a lot. And I wasn't sure if I was going to practice or go back into politics, which had kind of become my my love. And after school, I ended up coming back to D.C. And after a brief stint in law, ended up going to work um, in politics for our home state senator, John Warner, who is, you know, one of the titans of Virginia and just an amazing first boss in politics. Oh, man, I bet. We'll get to that in a second. But let's go back to UVA Law School. It was there that you got to know Jim Ryan, right? Not super well. He was a year ahead of me. So I, I worked with him and knew him a little bit. And that's amazing, the success he's had at UVA or all his jobs, but now at UVA. Yeah, so we overlapped a good bit. And um, there was a number of other Woodbury folks there. I mean, Charlottesville, as you know, I feel like it's adjunct Woodbury in some ways. It's such an amazing place to, to live and to study and um, just a nice part of the world. So yeah, Jim's amazing, has a great track record of success at UVA. So good to know him down there. Take us then into the world in, in D.C. After you graduated from UVA Law and you, you began to build your career in D.C., walk us through kinds of the, the arc that you've Sure. You've enjoyed there. Practiced real law for a couple of years in a big firm called Baker and Hostetler. Did not love it. Just like it didn't catch my fancy. It was a lot of hours and a lot of billable time. And, you know, in D.C. And I was very into politics in that time. And I'm a Republican by background. And right as I was at the firm, the, the House and the Senate flipped in 1994 elections and the Republicans took over. And so I started looking around for jobs on the Hill and was lucky, again, as I mentioned, to go work for John Warner um, yeah. and ended up being a, a seven-year career on Capitol Hill, first for him and then for Warren Hatch, who was the chairman of the Judiciary yeah. Committee, and then for Don Nichols, who was the number two senator uh, in the leadership. And it was a great seven years, learned so much and got to play a role in some really amazing part of history, the, the Clinton impeachment, zero nine eleven, which was really scary, crime bills, campaign finance, all kinds of interesting things. And there's three amazing bosses to work for over a seven-year career on the Hill. 
What's it like? Uh, what's the culture of a congressional staff like? What, what's that experience like? And what's the culture like? Because I know a, a number of Woodbury young alumni have dipped their toe in the water as it relates to politics. And some of them have been in D.C., might, might aspire to be in D.C. What, what is the culture of staff work like in a, in a, for a senator or a member of the House? And it may differ a little bit. It's really three kind of different levels or at least um, situations. One is you're in a personal office for a senator or a congressman or congresswoman. And then you're really just working on his or her agenda, getting attention for them, getting bills introduced that are parochial to a state or a district. Relatively easy jobs to get, and they're very kind of tied to a specific geographic area. Then there's committees, which have, you know, the jurisdiction over certain areas of law. So judiciary has copyright and crime and judges. Uh, Ways and Means Committee has tax and trade and healthcare. And if you're on those committees, you're really writing laws. And you're the ones kind of figuring out what gets through committee in that particular area. That's really deep, substantive work. And I was in, in on, on two committees. And then there's leadership, which I also had a time to work in, where you're kind of deciding what gets to the floor, negotiating kind of the big deals, negotiating with, with the administration. And that's kind of like the process on the floor. So the ability that of the three, I like the leadership the best, just because you're playing at really high level. And the ability just for instance, to walk in off the Senate floor whenever I wanted yeah, go talk to senators, go talk to staff, uh, be there for votes, be there for, you know, major things. It's just a, it, you really pinch yourself. Like I'm on the Senate floor. And one thing I'll just I don't want to get too deep in politics, but with the, the January 6th riots to see people breaking into the Senate floor, putting their chairs up, waving, you know, inappropriate flags just was really offensive to see that. I used to work there and that's a really meaningful place for American democracy and to have it kind of degraded that way was just really offensive. So you mentioned the, you know, present as it were uh, in some really critical moments in, in American history, the Clinton impeachment and of course 9-11. Walk us through your experience with each, with each of those. I mean, the Clinton impeachment at the time, it seemed like the biggest story ever. And now with what's happened in the last 20 years, it seems like old news to some extent, but the idea, you know, we we're going to have a real impeachment with the chief justice and the chair and senators at their desks and you're trapped there for a month at a time and then to have real cross-examination of witnesses and debates and even the final deliberations they actually turn off the lights turn off the microphones and it's like a jury of the hundred senators with just a couple of staffers so i sat the entire time right in the front row uh next between majority leader lott and assistant majority leader nichols i was like right under the cnn logo pretty much the entire trial helping run the help it run the trial, which was really an interesting legal situation. I mean, you kind of knew at the time there weren't enough votes to kick Clinton out. So it's a little bit kind of going through the motions, but it was still, I mean, he, he lied. He later admitted he lied. The trial was right to hold. Maybe the right outcome was he didn't get kicked out of office, but it was the right thing to do. And it was really interesting being in the middle of it. In a small part of the world, I met my now wife along the way, and I was hoping to get engaged, but the trial got in the way. So I ended, oh, up having, I ended up having to propose to her without a ring. She still said yes. And then later on, later that summer, we actually got married at Woodbury in St. Andrew's Chapel, which was a great place to get married and had the reception at Willow Grove. So that was a nice, nice oh, cool. back to Woodbury. So yes. And then 9-11 was, you know, just the worst. Um, my office faced on the third floor of the mall. We heard the plane hit the cap, hit the, hit the Pentagon. My predecessor as general counsel was on the plane, hit the Pentagon and called us from midair to ID. Oh, wow. Hackers. Yeah, Barbara Olson, you probably remember her name. Yeah. So it was, you know, and then I got to work on all the post 9-11, the authorization of force in Afghanistan, setting up TSA, border security, the uh, New York City money. I, all those things were insanely meaningful. At that point, I had two kids under year and a half. So it was, wow. it was a it was a busy time. I'm interested in you kind of reflecting on how Woodbury prepared you for your 
move into a professional life after you graduated from Williams and made your way onto Capitol Hill? The honor code and kind of the, you know, conduct yourself as you want other people to treat you is, you know, something that was, I think, made me help make me a success in politics, which is basically a place where your word matters everything. And so people knew if you're negotiating a bill or a hearing or um, negotiation, you you better mean what you say. And later on, when I served at Homeland Security and the executive branch, negotiating treaties with other governments, doing very complicated negotiations with governments and with the Congress and with industry stakeholders, I mean, you, you better know what you're talking about. You better be able to back it up and you better say what's truthful. So that, to me, always stuck with me. Also, just kind of the work ethic that Woodbury hopefully, you know, instilled in me, you know, get be prepared, but also be willing to ask questions if you don't know what you know. And so I thought it was a great kind of academic upbringing for what ended up being a pretty high level career when you're, again, you're dealing with people in a very stressful situation. Who have been, I mean, on on Capitol Hill, you've mentioned Senator Warner. Would you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you consider him to be a mentor of yours? And if so, why? And and who else might have been a mentor of yours? And sure. why do you admire him? I'm mean, obviously Senator Warner. I mean, he's the classic Virginian from Central Casting and, you know, went against his party when he thought it was necessary for Virginia. Um, I know I think he spoke at Woodbury at the gradu- mm. graduation as well as UVA. You could see the bigger picture, whether there was national security issues, domestic investment, kind of the trend on, on domestic issues. He ran the bicentennial. I mean, the guy was like Zelig. He was everywhere. He just, and he was a great boss. I played tennis with him all the time on the weekends, which was a lot of fun. And then the other individual I might just mention was not in the Senate, but I worked for Tom Ridge. Mm. Uh, he was the DHS secretary when I yeah. was just a, again, similar kind of Marine and just an honorable guy. Uh, really should have been president if Republicans mm. better at picking candidates. It's a nice person, too. Uh, and so we got a lot of good things done at DHS when we were you know, we're setting up the new department and we're all kind of all hands on deck. And plus he's a Steeler fan as am I. So that was nice. But I'd say the two of them were the ones that probably I remember the most fondly out of a lot of good bosses. At some point, obviously, you made your way off Capitol Hill. Tell us about that. Well, I did the two years at DHS, which was just a really uh, strenuous time after 9-11, 100-hour weeks. Just It was just pretty grueling. By that point, I had a couple of kids, um, wanted to have a little more flexible lifestyle, decided to set up a consulting firm, which is now called Monument Advocacy. So I started as a one-man band out of our house and has grown to about 50 people. And so we get to work with some really great companies on their kind of policy challenges. So companies like Netflix and Boeing and JP Morgan and the U.S. Olympic Committee and lots of smaller clients. We have one interesting client local to kind of local to Woodbury. We get to do work for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy as, oh, a, yeah. uh-huh. as a pro bono client. Uh, they'll be celebrating the 100th anniversary of the trail uh, in a couple of years. That's going to be a great little moment for a really great, iconic Virginia and, and Eastern um, great uh, venue. So it's been a, fun to build this business and then and work with a lot of great people and really good corporate leaders. Our politics in D.C. is not a big surprise. I've kind of slid sideways, I'd say, the last decade of division and lack of trust and both parties becoming more extreme in different ways. And that's made the job a lot harder and maybe honestly not quite as enjoyable, but it still has to get done. You know, I could envision government service for me again, if there was a Republican president that kind of aligned with what I wanted to do and if if they were to have me, but we'll have to see if that ever happens. If you could wave a magic wand and do whatever you wanted to do in the world of the government, what would it be? Well, I had the kind of public facing role at Homeland. I'd just be happy doing a behind the scenes role in the White House, either White House counsel or domestic policy. I'd love to work for somebody like Rob Portman. He's not going to ever be president, but he'd be a great one if he was or something like that. But again, the stars have to align to have the right person get elected. So that would be an awesome job if it ever became available. So. 
Tell us a little bit about ongoing Woodbury connections for you in the D.C. world and, and kind of I know you've been supportive of young Woodbury alumni who are trying to get their feet wet in the world of, of, of D.C. Yep. culture and D.C. politics. Tell us about that. Yeah, there's been an interesting a lot more Woodbury grads come to D.C. Um, the last decade than I remember the prior decade. They're working on Capitol Hill. They're working in real estate. They're working in lots of different fields. So we've got a pretty good social network up here of Again, most of them are younger than me, unfortunately, but, um, you know, we get together every so often now that COVID is, you know, kind of passed. Um, there's a number of people working on Capitol Hill. So it's a great little network. And then I also try to help with recruiting um, where I can. It's interesting yeah. because there's so many strong schools up here that, you know, Episcopal and lots of others that, you know, are good competitors for Woodbury. But I try to get people down that are going to, I think, going to enjoy the boarding experience. We've got I was able to recruit um, an individual named Ashby Shores, who you know, out of my neighborhood. Yes. I coached him in Little League, and then now he's one of the first of many Shoreses, perhaps, to be at Woodbury. So I uh, try to do that when I can. The, the six years on the board were really interesting to get to work with you and Cyan and, and the whole board and, you know, through a lot of difficult, difficult issues, you know, whether it was COVID or construction around the Walker building and lots of other things. But I really it was a great board. And um you know, it was a meaningful time and a way to get back. I'm grateful to you and to all the Woodbury board members for your all's incredible service to the school. I, I say often there's no great school in the country that doesn't have a great board of trustees. And Woodbury's board is is a great board and, and sets us up so so well. Stuart, I won't we, we won't get too deeply involved in the world of, of politics, but I know that you you live in and are committed to the world of, of Washington, DC. If there's anything in, in in DC right now that gives you hope about the path forward, what what might it be? I honestly it's it's pretty um bleak right now. I think we've got another year till presidential election. Yeah. Um, I think kind of the division I don't think is likely to really get a whole lot better until former President Trump is either off the scene until he's off the scene completely. Um whatever you think of his politics, whether you love him or hate him. Yeah, I think he just has created this kind of DEFCON, you know, one level of angst on both sides. So We'll see. You know, there's the we'll see if the no labels movement gets any traction. You know, as a as a student of American history, our, our, we're not really set up for strong third parties in this country, right. and there hasn't really been one in a long time. Right. So we'll see if Joe Manchin wants to try this. Um, we actually had done work for Howard Schultz as a client, and he obviously mm -hmm. he tried to pull off a similar thing, and it didn't work. So if you want centrist politics, you got to vote for centrist people, and that's just not where the voters have been. It's interesting. The past is any indication. We will sort it out at some point. <laughs> but we're not the only country. You see kind of the rise of nationalism and lots of friction around immigration and, and these types of things. It's not just the United States that's dealing with this stuff. My, my daughter is over in Europe now studying, getting a master's, and you know, kind of reporting on the ground what's going on over there. And, you know, it's even more divisive over there in some ways than here about kind of what do we do about people, mobility and, and different ethnicities and trying to coexist in different countries. Um, yeah. So it's not just a U.S. problem. It's an it's international problem. What else have I missed that you think we ought to talk about in order to take advantage of your presence on on the Woodbury podcast? I, I just want to be sure to let all our listeners know how much I appreciate you and what you have done for Woodbury, are doing for Woodbury, and uh, and your your terrific ambassadorial kind of role in in advancing the cause of the Tiger Nation. I, I love the school. I love giving back. I love being part of it. It's um. 
you know, as we get into the older um, generation, I'm one of the older generation now to see so many younger alums at the game the other day. It's a little it's hard to believe, you know, we got people. No, they're getting younger and younger. And, exactly. The they're actually is- not, by the way. We're just getting older. <laughs> But I think I've heard you say that the school was never needed more than it is now. And I think that's right in an era where character matters more than ever. And 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 boys and everybody are distracted by devices and clickbait, trying to instill values in people that are going to stick with them through some tough growing up years, more important than ever. I've got three kids in the teenage realm and they, they have to deal with this stuff. It's hard. Um, yeah. And I think Woodbury, um, for most kids is a great environment to kind of build a base that's going to stick with them as they go through college and into into careers. I've loved my my connection with the school and hopefully it'll continue for a long time. I hope so too, Stuart. I, hey man, I really appreciate you being on the show. This is terrific. I, I wish that I had uh, been able to see you this weekend in person and really gotten caught up with you, but uh, thanks for taking time uh, after such a busy, exciting weekend to, to join me on the Tiger Podcast. Happy to do it. And again, to any alum or student that happens to listen to this, again, we've tried to be supportive of Woodbury students if they need internships or need connections in D.C. or uh, want to find out what it's like to work up here in various capacities, feel free to reach out. We've had a number of Woodbury uh, interns in the company, and hopefully we'll have more of those. We're happy to be supportive in any way and look forward to coming down to visit at some point. And I'll tell you, you didn't ask, but I'll give you my, my Woodbury dream. I know as the headmaster is probably not on your top 10 list. Yeah. But I'd love to see a back nine on the golf course. Oh, my gosh. I can't uh, believe it. Before, <laughs> before I pass on this earth, I'd love to see that as uh, somebody, you know, we'll see if that ever comes to pass. Who just gave you $100 to say that? <laughs> Nobody. I mean, of, of of all the things that we need right now to advance <laughs> the Woodbury mission, a, a back nine is not is uh, not really on the top 10, Stuart. Not, I, I figured probably in the top 50, but, you know, as a golf <laughs> fan, I, um, you, I know you've asked other people what their favorite spot is on campus. Yeah. I think for me, it might be standing on the 8th tee. Yeah, why there? It's just so peaceful. You look up the hill, you you can see the whole school, you can see kind of the farm off to the right. Yeah. Um, it's just um it's such a pretty spot. For me it's always been this amazing spot on campus. I that or either that or walking from the, your front door to the Walker building. That's a pretty nice uh, walk as well. It is such a beautiful place, you know, for those of us who live on campus and I certainly think the boys are are uh, guilty of this. Sometimes we just take it for granted. One of my favorite things to do is to, I, I really enjoy traveling and I really enjoy coming home after having traveled. And it's a reminder of, of uh, often of how blessed we are here and how, you know, what a beautiful, fantastic spot uh, we have here at, at Woodbury Forest. It's terrific. No, I love the camp. I mean, it's not, I was just, like I said, just down there and to come back to yeah. DC where I'm, I'm 50 yards on the Russian embassy and 100 yards yeah. from the vice president's house. And there's helicopters flying over and there's noise and sirens. And yeah, I mean, Woodbury is more my uh, where my brain is at. So uh, AT is my place. Well, we we love having you and all alumni back. And um, Stuart, thanks so much, man, for taking time to be with us. It's been fun. Enjoyed it. And uh, I, the podcast is great. I've really enjoyed the other episodes and look forward to connecting in the future. Thanks, Stuart. Take care. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Woodbury Podcast. We hope you found our discussion insightful and engaging. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing, rating, or leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Stay tuned for more conversations in the future. And remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. Connect with us on Woodbury Forest School social media, reach out with your questions or comments, and let's keep the dialogue going. Until next time, take care and go Tigers!